2: It is 6.08 on a Saturday morning. Yes, indeed, my friends, the day after Christmas. And we are here to answer your garden questions on the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, the guy, the day after Christmas, the guy who is going to whine one more time about it is 59 degrees outside on a Saturday morning. Unbelievable. December the 26th. And uh, 59 degrees outside. A man in his t-shirt comes into the radio studio. Unbelievable. Last Saturday, same thing. Warm, warm, warm. And the big shoe, my friends, is going to drop. I saw an interview with Glenn Burns from WSB TV weather station, weather, uh, uh, storm tracker, radar, people. And Glenn Burns said... Uh, There could be chances of very damaging hail, and still it's going to be cold, he said, and there could be tornadoes like we had yesterday in Alabama. He said the weather is going to change. It's going to get colder, not how cold, we don't quite know that, but it could be quite interesting weather this uh, winter and spring. Keep your eyes out, my friends. A lot of people right now are keeping their eyes out for the uh, basement drain guide, grain company, to come and fix the drains in their basement. You're talking to a guy who spent several minutes yesterday vacuuming the water out of his cross, not his finished basement almost. has a concrete floor to have my tools and shop down there. But fortunately, everything I've learned over the years, everything needs to be on plastic. And so I have little plastic cups that all the legs of tables and things like that are in the plastic cups so they don't get wet if it rains. It's a little bit of water on the floor. I just vacuum it up and pitch it out the back door. And so that's what I did yesterday. And all those roofers in town, mm, thinking, "Mm, better go get on the phones this Saturday, this Sunday, this Monday, because there's going to be a lot of people thinking, I need to call a roofer because the roofers are uh, (laughs) the people who keep the water from coming into my dining room when we're having Christmas Eve dinner and things like that. Although, I will tell you, all right, one more thing, one more thing. My mother, bless her little soul, would always say, and I don't remember under what circumstances she would say this, but I remember these pearls of wisdom coming from her mouth, which was, an honest confession is good for the soul. Yeah, you've heard it too. I know you have. Somebody somewhere in your life has said, an honest confession is good for the soul. I think that is actually a uh, Scottish proverb, an open confession is good for the soul, but an honest confession, same sort of thought behind it. And I must tell you, an honest confession this morning, because I have had, as you know, a a Meyer lemon tree that I take out in the summer bring inside in the winter. no, No big deal there. And for the past couple of years in the wintertime, it's gotten spider mites indoors pretty, pretty badly. And spider mites on a Meyer lemon can wipe them out. They can drop, make them drop all the leaves. I think last year I had five leaves when I took it back outdoors. It releafed out perfectly. Green, full of leaves. You can see the little flower buds getting started when I brought it in around Thanksgiving. So my Meyer lemon, I thought, I'm going to keep the spider mites away. So, I went up to my garden shed where I keep all my chemicals and got an insecticide, spider mite spray, had a blue bottle, you know, and sprayed it real good when it was outside. And came inside a couple weeks later, I thought, well, I'll spray it again, make sure this thing does not have any spider mites. And about four or five days ago, I looked at my Meyer Lemon and I thought, man, it looks just like I'm getting spider mites on some of these leaves. What is going on? And so I picked up the bottle that I had used, thinking that it was a miticide only to find out that it's an insecticide. And insecticides, my friends, sometimes are not able to kill mites. Mites, as you know, have eight legs, and insects have six legs. legs. And insecticides are completely different many times from miticides. Indeed, the thing that I had that I thought said miticide somewhere on it, uh eh. Kills bugs, doesn't kill mites. In fact, kills probably every predatory beneficial insect on my Meyer lemon when I brought it in. So I have no friends in the fight. I have no bugs that will help me to kill the spider mites. <sighs> so I went to pike. Got some of that nice bon miticide and sprayed it on my Meyer lemon. And thankfully, they are looking much better now. The leaves look much, much better now. So an honest confession. I made a mistake. I didn't read the label. I could have spider mites, and I'm hopeful that the new product that I have from Pike is going to take care of them. Read the label. Know what your product controls. Twelve minutes past the hour on a Saturday morning. Our garden number is 404 And by the way, I think on this day after Christmas, we will have a Christmas sale. Two questions for the price of one. Normally, Ashley Frasca is so good about saying you may only ask one question. If you ask another question, I'll come through there and I'll slap you. But that is not what we're going to do today. Ashley Frasca will not have a wag of the finger this morning. If you want to ask two questions in a row, you may do it. Our phone number, 404 872 13 minutes past the hour. And our friend in Griffin G.A., our friend Nicole joins us. Nicole! Miss Irene! Good morning, good morning! It's them against us. <laughs> oh, it. and we never win. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Nicole. Even though the spider bites and the bugs get after me, Merry Christmas anyway.
3: You Yeah, uh, Ashley wouldn't do that. She's such a good person. Oh, I swear, oh, oh.
2: Her mother did good with her. Her mother did very good raising Ashley. But as you know, we sometimes call her the the switchblade. We call her the teddy bear switchblade, I believe is what you call her sometimes. Because although she's sweet, nice, and cuddly, and warm on the outside, if you cross Ashley Frasca and ask more than one question, or if you ask Herman Cain something that she does not think needs to be on the air, and you protest against her judgment, boom, she will wag a little finger at you. You will know the wrath of ash.
3: Oh, we can be a pest, Mr. Reed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because
3: we want to know you everything. You can't
2: be a pest. And if he were a pest, I would use the very most most gentle insecticide pesticide that I had on you, Nicole. But you're not a pest, so it's okay. What do you want to talk about today?
3: Well, Mr. Reed, I have to tell you something that happened to me last week. It's not about gardening, but my heart is so in it. I had to tell somebody. What? I went to a Walmart Saturday, a Sunday morning, and there was, I was in the bathroom. There was this little girl with his mother, and I don't know what happened. The mother, she said, that's your problem. And Ooh. I was telling her, I said, why would you say that to a kid that depends so much on you? I was only seven or eight years old. Right. Okay. I thought, this is evil. you know. Mm-hmm. Then I go outside. And I see this man packing up all the bicycles he could in his, in his truck. And I saw him on, on the newspaper. He was on the front page. This man, by himself, he gave about, about 3,000 bicycles, you know, not a year, but over a period of a mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is a good man. Then this guy walked by, he opened his wallet, and he said, Here's some money. Put some some money in your gas tank. Yeah. I thought it was so, you know, from evil to good. And I was telling, yeah, yeah. God, going good's got to win over evil.
2: Good's got to win over evil. You're exactly right, Nicole. That is my philosophy of life. Good eventually wins. Good plays the long game. And sometimes the evil things that we see, whether people getting killed by evil people or the evil things going on in the rest of the world... There are good things that happen, too, and one of the things about this season is the good love and generosity and forgiveness and everything that comes along with the Christmas season. I think that is one of the great things about life.
3: All right, Mr. G- Reeve. Mr. Yes. We're yes. going to get them. Good grief.
2: We're going to go out and do some good. Yes. Yeah, good. It's good for us. It's good for them. It's good for us. It's good for the world, and I think good, as I said, is someday going to Gonna, gonna, gonna win out there. You get a lot of rain, I guess.
3: Oh, I am so sick. You know, in my life, past life, I was not a fish or a. <laughs> uh, I was a butterfly, and I longed to have my feet wet. Oh, I hate it. Oh, good grief. <laughs>
2: So, <laughs> not a fish, not a frog. You are a butterfly and a past Yes, life. <laughs> I don't
3: like no feet. Well, I'm an inch. Did you get?
2: Oh, I, I, you know, I don't even have a rain gauge anymore because one that I had last winter it froze and the bottom dropped out of it. I never replaced it because I would never go out and look at it anyway to see. My dad was really good about having a rain gauge and he would mark just about every day how much rain we got during the during the year because his farm. His crops you know everything depended on his knowledge of weather but I did not inherit that weather gene from him so I got a lot of rain it was in my basement but I don't know how much
3: same here in the crawl space. That's what I did yesterday. Yeah. Mr. Reed, I went inside the woods. And you see, there's a lot of roots. Well, the never-accumulated ball. Doggone it did. I had puddle everywhere. Yeah,
2: yeah, sure, sure, sure. You have to walk on top of the roots, and they're slippery, and you slip off of them, and you get into the puddles, and then it's a miserable thing, and your feet are wet, and you think, fly, little butterfly, fly away. Huh? <laughs> Oh Nicole, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful talking to you. Merry Christmas again. I got to get out of here. We'll see you next Saturday.
3: Well, maybe not. But uh, happy New Year. And the the best thing is, you we have our health.
2: We do indeed. Thank goodness for that. Goodness for that. Enjoy your day. We'll see you, then. No, see you next Saturday. Well, actually, we won't see you next, other next yeah, Saturday because we're doing a best dive next Saturday. And so I won't be here. I'm going someplace out of town. And so uh, people will just have to listen to the best dive next Saturday. Enjoy your day. See you then. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. Album Boy to the world, the klezmonauts, I believe the klezmonauts, and uh, deck the halls with bows oh, Indeed we have that. Well, we need a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security this morning. You look out the window and you may say, it's dark out there, but if it gets a little bit lighter, <laughs> you'll say, it looks like typical December, must be pretty chilly outside. No, my friend, you're having a December from Miami this morning because the temperature is right now 59 degrees, spring day when you go outside. Cloudy skies throughout the day, afternoon highs, mid-70s, December 26th, mid-70s, slim chance of rain, overnight clouds remaining, patches of fogs, low temperatures, low 60s tonight. Stay tuned, Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Coming up right this minute, my brother David in Tucker joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey David, good morning.
4: Good morning, good morning. What's that? Uh, well, uh, a little multiple question here. Uh, really quickly, is this weird weather going to screw up fruit trees, uh, budding and all that? And the uh, other question is, uh, are irises, uh, some of them really wet tolerant?
2: Uh. Uh, and
4: I've never seen one in a pot that they take to pots.
2: Well, it's a three-for-one, David, Uh, sort of two-and-a-half-for-one right there. By the way, for everybody, we're doing two-for-one this morning, two questions in the place of one. So, David, number one, it may screw up the fruit trees a little bit. My inclination is to say no so far. If we get into mid-January and it's still warm, I'm fearing that the fruit trees will start swelling their buds and the flowers will start appearing, and that's going to wreak havoc when it finally gets cold in February or late January or something like that. And you can't do much about it. You just look at it and watch and, you know, shake your head and tear your clothes and all that. But not much you can do about that on the fruit trees. And as far as irises, you betcha there are plenty of irises that are very water-tolerant. The Japanese flag iris, the yellow flag, grows in water right at the shallow edge of a pond. I remember going to Callaway Gardens and seeing a beautiful bed of flag irises. Um, there are two or three more Japanese roof iris will tolerate a good bit of water. You can look online if you want to. Bearded iris, not so much. Siberian iris, not so much with the water tolerance, but the other ones um, can. Some of the irises can do really, really well. And I don't see any reason in the world why you could not grow them in a pot, just depending on what the iris wants. Sure, give it what it wants and put it in a pot.
4: All right, thank you very much, sir.
2: Keep them happy and tucker for me, David. See you soon, my friend. Okay. 627 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. Our phone number, 404-872-0750. Marian Woodstock will be with us after the break. She wants to grow cabbage in the back of a pickup truck. Mike and Roswell wants to lay his fescue lawn in January. We'll talk about that and your question as well. 404-872-0750. You
1: don't
0: know why. Dog and butterfly.
2: 6:35 on the Saturday morning, 59 degrees. I'm rooting for it to get to 60 degrees this morning on December this 26th. If it gets to 60, 90, 59.7. I don't know if it's going to get there. Many times on the radio show, it will drop a couple of degrees before it rises back up again. So I don't know if we're going to get to 60 degrees this morning, but we're in the high high 50s. That is for sure. Speaking of beautiful places and flag irises, my friend Patricia Collins from Callaway Gardens is going to be here as my guest later on this morning. Patricia will have friends to the Big Garden Symposium that comes up in the spring at Callaway Gardens, and uh, she will tell us how beautiful the yellow flag irises are or were, I guess, when I used to do TV down there. Mary in Woodstock, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hi, Mary. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for taking my question.
2: So you have a weird idea. Not weird. (laughs) different idea. Go for it. Tell me.
1: Okay, I've moved from a house to an apartment, and I've got full sun both at the apartment uh, parking lot and at work. I have a pickup truck with a black bed liner and a tonal cover, and I was wondering if I could put bags of soil in the back and grow cabbages or something and then just shut the tonal cover at night during these cold nights. Do you think that would work?
2: Absolutely.
1: Really? That's great. What kind of dirt should I get?
2: Mary, and you're going to get the prize for being the first person ever to ask me that question. Where's my little dinger? I used to have a dinger up here. I'll just clap. All right, clap. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But Mary, you're not the first person to ever do that particular thing, and I am bringing into mind particularly my friend... Felder Rushing, who is basically my brother from another mother. He was a horticulture expert for the uh, University of Mississippi, over in Mississippi, and he, like I, sort of delved into media and doing radio and TV and writing and things like that, like I did here in Atlanta. And we met each other several years ago, and Felder and I wanted to do a book together, and the thing that we both had shared interests in was vegetable and fruit gardening. and So we put together a book called Fruit and Vegetable Gardening for the Southeast, which we eventually divided into Fruit and Vegetable Gardening for Georgia, for Mississippi, for Kentucky, for Tennessee, to make it a little more personal for each state. But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. Felder Rushing is one odd bird. And if you look online, Mary, for a picture of Felder Rushing, he has long hair in some of the pictures. He has long hair. He has a beard. He looks like a... In the kind of sense of the word, a troll. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have said,
1: beard, but no beard. <laughs> I have
2: said many times to people if you'll take a copy of his picture out of our fruit and vegetable book and uh, photocopy it and put it in your garden, it will drive every deer and rabbit <laughs> and bad bug <laughs> out of your garden right there. All right, let's go back to your project. Though This is what we got to do. Okay. The bags, I think, is a great idea because you, know, you can punch some holes in the bottom of the bag. You probably need to let the tailgate down and do something to, well, I don't know, if it rains, you just have to think about that. You don't want the whole you know, back liner to fill it with water. Right, and, I could
1: put the tunnel cover shut Yeah,
2: yeah. if you took the tunnel cover over the top And that would protect it from rain um, And you also would have to do that If you're driving very much Because I think there's going to be right. enough wind back there To tear up the cabbage leaves And that would be something to protect it with the tunnel. But when you get to work And when you get back home And you've got full, full sun Sure, sure, okay. that would work like a charm Oh, great and poking holes in the in the potting soil bags is a time-honored southern way of growing vegetables when you're really, really lazy. You can do it in your truck. You can do it on top of your, well, not on top of your car, but you can do it on patios. I've seen gardens made out of bags. Just poke holes and put your tomatoes in the bag of potting soil and raise them on up. Nobody has to know, particularly if you have pine straw mulch over everything. Nobody knows what's underneath the mulch. It's bags of soil there. So just
1: regular potting soil from the... The
2: big box stores? Yeah, I might want to look for some that have some fertilizer in it. Many of them do. Uh, And um, what else would you need? Uh, That's about it. You need a little fertilizer. And I don't know. It's probably necessary to to fertilize. Say again, one more time.
1: I'm I'm sorry. Do, do, Do you think it's too cold to start that now?
2: You know, it's going to be pretty warm and protected in there. It is, and it's 59.4 degrees outside right now, Mary. (laughs) I think, yeah, today's the day. We go to the store and buy some plants and put them in, and you know what your homework is. Take a picture and send to me on my website. Contact Walter on my website, and uh, send me a couple of three pictures of your newly planted beds and bags in the back of the truck and some pictures in two or three or four weeks maybe when the cabbage is big. I want to see it. Alright,
1: well thank you very much. Have All a Merry right.
2: Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Mary. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Our number is 404-872-0750. Again, the two-for-one offer stands. Two questions instead of one this Saturday morning. Mike and Roswell has a big project he's contemplating doing. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? I'm all right. What's going on?
4: Pretty good. Uh, listen, um, I'm, I'm having some areas of my yard that were formerly planted in perennials and whatnot. I've kind of lost control of that part of the yard with the last couple of years. Yeah. And I'm in the process of simplifying my yard. So I had a, a landscaper come in, a guy I've worked with before, reputable, a good guy. And he worked me up a plan to kind of simplify the yard and, you know, tear all that out. And we're going to basically a turf and... Um, Shrub type of concept there.
2: Good. All right.
4: My my question is this: He's talking about doing an installation, uh, probably in January, sometime mid to late January, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the shrubs I'm sure would be fine. But yep. fescue and Bermuda turf, a couple three hundred square feet in the front and back of each. You got any problem with that? Assuming we ever have winter.
2: Let me I ask mean, you uh, a question: Why are you mixing Bermuda and fescue, or is one in oh, the front, not, one no, in the no, back? No, no, the
4: backyard is is Bermuda. The front yard fescue. Oh God.
2: Okay, so. Yeah, even even though this is a, a weird warm winter. If it were still a normal winter and it was, you know, 38 degrees outside right now, you could still successfully lay fescue and Bermuda grass in the wintertime without generally any problems. The fescue, because it's a cool season grass, can do some rooting even in chilly weather. Sunshine gives it a little bit of energy it warms it up a little bit each day and the roots gradually get down into the ground. Fescue, no problem in the wintertime. Bermuda, the only thing that you have to worry about there is it does not, Grow many roots, and so you have to water it once in a while to keep it from drying out in the wind in the winter time. I okay. bet the lot of the lot of the landscape uh, installers lay Bermuda sod in the winter with not any problem, as long as the homeowner knows their responsibilities. Fescue should be no problem anytime.
4: Okay, okay. Well, I just didn't talk. You came out and gave me the plan this past week. Yeah. And I just didn't think to ask him that. I didn't think it'd be a problem, but yeah. I just want to make sure that, that wouldn't be a problem.
2: One of the, the things, of, of, of course, that makes the most sense of all, Mike, is you're going to live with these grasses for hopefully years and years and years, another 10 years anyway, and you want them to be successful. You have time before you lay the side to do a... Th- Thorough, If it ever dries out, a thorough tilling, a softening, maybe add some um, lime, a little bit of starter fertilizer in there and till that all in, Rake it flat, lay your sod on top of it. So if your installer is not talking about how he or she is preparing the soil before the sod is laid, that somehow needs to be accomplished. You have time to get a soil test done so you know how much lime needs to go down. There's so many things that can be done now before the job of laying the sod is okay, done. Okay, okay, okay.
4: Very good. Okay. Right. I just want to make sure that uh, I wasn't doing something wrong there.
2: Yeah, man, you're golden. You're ready to go. All
4: right. Thank you, Walter. I should appreciate it. Hey,
2: Mike, it's great talking to you. Thanks for okay. calling. Okay. New Year. Okay. Bye. 404- 750 You thought I forgot the numbers. 404- 750 Chris in Alpharetta is with us this morning. Hey, Chris, good morning.
4: Good morning, Walter. Uh, my question is, I have a uh, We've got a little cottage on Lake Hartwell, it's in South Carolina. And we have uh, tall oak trees in the, between our house and the lake. And about twelve foot up on the one close to the house, it's a fungus mushroom growing out of it. Yeah. And I've knocked it off, but it comes back. Yeah. And I'm concerned about it. It's a beautiful tree. I don't want to lose it. I want to know what I can do to protect it. And and it's pretty unsightly.
2: Oh yeah 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 yeah. I don't know what. My job, sort of, Chris, is to figure out why things happen the way they do, when they do, so honestly I'll be able to help other people when the same conditions occur again. And I have been sort of puzzled this winter. Starting back in I don't know the first of November probably, I got regularly every week. It seemed like maybe every four or five days, I would get a picture of somebody's tree that had a big white mushroom growing out of the trunk, and this has just appeared, Mr. Reeves. This has just appeared. I got this mushroom on the trunk about eight feet up, right ten feet up. What's going on? And in at least one of the cases, and two of the, actually two of the cases. I could see just above where the mushroom had come out, there was a stub left. Somebody had pruned the pecan tree in one case improperly and left a stub about a foot long. It had rotted, and when that rotten stub had fallen off, it left a hole right in the trunk of the tree. Water went inside the trunk. Water left the funguses that various variously like to attack wood. Fungus grew. Mushrooms are just flowers. Yours is a flower. It's a flower of a fungus that's inside the trunk of that tree out front. So... In you know, some cases, I can see where the water got into the trunk that fed the fungus. In some cases, I can't. But something has happened. Let's just put it that way in general terms, Chris. Something has happened to allow water into the trunk of your tree, somewhere above where the mushroom is coming out. Fungus is attacking the wood inside the tree. And bottom line, you can't do anything about it. Mm, yeah, that's not, that's not good news for you nor for the tree. But... The fungus is inevitably going to weaken the tree. There's not a way to get it out of there or strengthen the wood of the tree or to save the tree. And it's not going to be necessarily tomorrow that it falls over. It may not be next year that it falls over, but it's going to fall over sooner rather than later.
4: Well, that's
2: not good news. I know you don't want to hear that, but Jay, yeah, you're, you're talking to a guy sitting on a radio station far, far away from you, and you want somebody who walks in your yard to say, Chris, this is what's going on. And so let me suggest to you a second opinion that always is a good idea. Somebody who loves trees, called a certified arborist. And you can find certified arborists in the Atlanta area by going to the org website. And they have a list of all their members, and most of them that are uh, uh, members have their, quote, quote, ISA number, their International Society of Arbor Culture number. And they list it right there on the little ad, little listing for them. And so call one that's close to you in Alpharetta and say, hey, I need an ISA certified arborist to come out and do me a, a tree health evaluation. And for, I don't know, 75? dollars something like that they'll come out and tell you uh, exactly what's going on look at your other trees in the landscape they're really good about seeing things that you might not see yourself that can be corrected now rather than taking the tree down so it's well worth an investment georgia well i thank you for the information even though it's not the news i
4: wanted to hear yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i needed to hear it
2: yeah 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 i don't want you okay. to park it underneath that tree don't do that chris
4: <laughs> All right. Thank All right. you, Walter, and you have a good New Year.
2: You too, Chris. Thanks for calling. It's 6.47 at news Talk WSB. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need.
2: And time for a quick weather update. to you at Ackerman Security. It is going to be warm. And no other way to say it. In the mid-70s this afternoon, cloudy skies. Slight, slight chance of a stray shower here and there. Tonight, it's not going to be much different. It's going to be in the low 60s. Just a 10-15 degree range, I guess, throughout the day. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And for in-depth news coverage, remember to pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All the news they've covered in the past year is going to be summarized, some of the most important stories, and $250 in coupon savings. Vera is indicator and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Vera, good morning.
1: Good morning, Walter, and thank you for taking my call. You bet. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to plant any bulbs for the spring, sure. and I have a list of some bulbs, or I'd be grateful if you could recommend some colorful bulbs that, will, that I could plant, like maybe this week, that would bloom in the spring.
2: Anything you can find. Is that really? enough answer for you? <laughs> if you go to Pike Nursery or to the big box stores and they still have bulbs on sale there, buy them and plant them.
1: Okay, and they'll
2: bloom. I guarantee they'll bloom. Well, The big thing to worry, Vera, check the bowls before you buy them if you can. Mash them with your thumb and uh, fingers to see how firm like an onion they are or how Mm -hmm. dry like a husk. They are the husk ones are not gonna, they're they're dead, they're dried up. And so, you may find some of these on sale. Most of them will be 50% off bulbs. But if the most of the bag seems to be firm like an onion, yeah, Uh you can plant them now without any problem at all.
1: Well, thank you.
2: Drainage is key, don't forget that. For you know, for forgetting to plant your bulbs, your homework is going to be when you dig the. The uh, ground to put your bulbs in into the ground. Make sure that there is some loosening of the soil. Add some soil amendment. Add some stuff, even pea gravel, to make the soil drain really good because bulbs really like to be drained well.
1: Would you would you recommend um, waiting till the ground dried out a little? Or I know the ground is softer now for digging.
2: Ah, yeah, you make a good point. I think so, Vera. Wait till the ground is a little soft, a little drier than it is right now because when it's soggy. There's hardly anything that can be done to keep it <laughs> keep it um, um, soft, it's going to be soggy. If you dig soil when it's soggy, it tends to clump up and make hard lumps. So yeah, that would not be a bad idea. Give me three, four maybe days of pretty good sunshine, maybe a little wind in here, Vera add the soil amendments, plant the bulbs then. There's not going to be any difference between blooming now or planting, you know, and planting them now and blooming in the spring. If you wait a couple of days, it'll be fine. Thanks for calling, Vera. It is my pleasure to announce that we're having a two-for-one sale on garden questions this morning. Two questions while you wait right here, 404-872-0750, 404-872-0750, and we'll be back after news.